inch by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. It is time right now for In the Garden with Peter Burke, author of Year-Round Indoor Salad Gardening. Our program is brought to you by Menards Agway Family True Value, your neighborhood yard, garden, and pet place on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Grow Compost of Vermont, compost soils, mulches, all you need at Grow Compost, growcompost.com. They're on Route 2 in Moortown. By the Willie's Store, your true value store in Greensboro near Caspian Lake. By Guy's Farm and Yard, with four locations to serve you, Montpelier, Morrisville, Williston, and St. Albans. By Clausen's Florist, Greenhouse, and Perennial Farm on Main Street in Colchester. Check out their website, Clausen's.com, for those great Mega Monday coupons. By PR Lumber, locally milled lumber and family owned. They're on Route 15 in Walkett. By your locally owned Montpelier Agway Seeds and Feeds and so much more, Route 2 in Montpelier. And by V's Flowers and Garden Shop, Main Street in Waitsfield. Your telephone calls are part of this program. Any questions you have for Peter or comments about how your gardening is going? We are locally at 802-244-1777 or toll-free for most everywhere, 877-291-8255. And right now, here's Peter Burke. Hey, Joel. Good afternoon. Yes. Nice warm one. Uh, <laughs> 83 already. It's uh, yeah, time for iced coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. It's a spot. Well, uh, these are the heydays of summer. You know, there's so much uh, out there to, to do and to continue to do and to reap what we've sown. Um, I pulled the last of uh, my radishes this morning um, and... Uh, and the greens, we've been cooking them up right along. And as a matter of fact, uh, I put some beets and potatoes and radishes in my air fryer and fried them all up. And I'm going to use them in a big salad later on. And um, so the, the that's just the absolute most fun of the garden is getting out there and harvesting. I had an interesting question from um, a fellow at work who's growing his first garden and he said, when um, when should I uh, pick my yellow squashes and my zucchinis? And it's, uh, it's actually a great question. And basically, you can pick them anytime you want them. But um, anything over, you know, say three or four inches is, uh, is pretty much fair game. What you don't want to do is to let them go so far that they're more than 8 or 10 inches. That range uh, of 6 to 10 inches is right about where you want to harvest them. And what happens is if you, and this is true for yellow squash and zucchini and cucumbers, is if they mature to the point where they actually set seeds, the plant takes that as a signal to stop, to you know quit producing. So you want to give that 
uh, you want to give that plant the signal that we want more. You know, we want to we want you to keep producing. So, if you keep them cut, and you know, so there's there's really no harm in in uh, harvesting early. It will it will actually produce more fruit because you're doing that, rather than to let them mature into to big big fruits. Now, of course, you've probably heard it. Whoop four for me was there's no such thing as too much zucchini, and if you get that whoops zucchini that uh, that looks like the a small baseball bat, um, that's fine. That's really those are the ones that they you find in your car if you leave the doors unlocked in the exactly. summer. You know, <laughs> well, uh, guess what? You can uh, you go ahead and and uh, uh, just uh, chop that up and simmer it for a minute or two and puree it, put it in a bag and put it in the freezer, and you've got one of the best soup stocks there is. Great for a potato leek soup later on in the fall. So there's no such thing as too much zucchini, but ideally you don't want those guys to to um, to get that big. Because generally, once the seeds start to get a little waxy, that's when the plant start gets that signal that it needs to shut down. And uh, on my yellow squash, I have to say those yellow squash have, uh, oh boy, they're really producing right now. The zucchini too, and and that zucchini that I talk about, the trombone zucchini, Mm -hmm. that's got uh, oh, there's probably twenty little zucchinis about size, uh, oh, about two, well, two or three inches. The last time I looked, they're probably eight inches now. But uh, so those things are coming in. Uh, Pick them when they're young. Pick them frequently, and uh, it'll encourage them to to grow more. Now this is this is hot weather. Nobody needs to tell you that. That's sort of like a well, duh. But that hot weather means you need to water. Okay, do not rely on the thunderstorms we're going to get this week. We're going to get a few thunderstorms, according to Roger, but we're not going to get an inch of rain. We might get an inch of rain accumulated over the week, but we're not going to get an inch of rain. So all of those thunderstorms don't count. Okay, they they just don't count. Don't you know? You want to get out there. You want to water. Uh, what would be equivalent of an inch of rain? I figure that it's at least a five-gallon bucket for each one of my uh, four-foot by four-foot beds. So you want to give them a good soaking. Now, if you want to use a hose or a sprinkler, um, it's it's easy to gauge that. You know, you can you can take your hose and squirt it into a bucket and just time it to see how much time it takes to fill that bucket an inch. So you can, you know, use your hose and kind of time it. You know, you want to make sure you're giving everything a good inch, um, a good inch of, uh, of water. And that's, that's real important because you want to make sure it's soaking down in. Now, don't go by, uh, you know, by the timing and all the rest. What you want to do is double check to make sure your finger goes down into the soil and, um, and it's, it's good and moist down below. Do we have a call? Yeah, I do, but I'm going to just uh, throw in a, my one cent. <laughs> I, 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 can't, I wasn't able to find my root water. I was going to try to uh, do it again for my pumpkin. That's right. Would you? Because I'm a, I'm afraid sometimes that even the gentle rain that uh, mm-hmm. I, I set my my yep. rotating yep. You know, hose head on is still a little too rough for the for the plants and you know knocks off 
yep. blossoms and things. Yep. And uh, I used to have a lot of fun with that thing, watching okay. the water bubble up. Is that? <laughs> is, is, is do you think that's useful? Absolutely fantastic. The, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, causing, that's where you want the waters, right in the root zone. Right, and you're not damaging roots by doing. No, that. no, no. If you no, keep, no. It, keep it low. Okay. Well, yeah. uh, <laughs> there's your one cent. Thank okay, you very much. There's my one cent. But here, with, uh, <laughs> at least ten cents, because he always comes up with some good stuff. Here's a Norm in uh, Bristol. Let's see. Yeah, Norm in Bristol. Hey, Norm. Welcome. Hello, Peter. <laughs> What's uh, going on? Uh, well, I have a question about onions. My onions are from plants. They weren't from mm-hmm. plants. And they've gotten really tall and they're heavy. Um, but they're starting to lean over. And I was wondering, seems like I've talked to you about this before, but I couldn't remember for sure. Um, when the when they start to lean over, is it all right to actually prop them up at dirt, or should I leave that bulb exposed? Uh, no, leave the bulb expo- exposed. What yeah. you want to do is actually, uh, they're leaning over because they're done. And it's well, not. The bulbs aren't that big yet. They're very small right now. Yeah, I but wish. Uh, at this point in time in the, in the summer, they probably are not going to get a whole lot bigger. Uh, they, you know, the only other thing is that they, they they need water. If they're leaning over because they're actually wilted, then then you got to give them a good yeah. watering. Give that a try first. Give them a good watering to start yeah. with, mm-hmm. and see if that doesn't um, do the trick. But if they're leaning over, generally speaking, it means they're they're finished. They've got as much bulbs as they're going to give you. They aren't turning. They're dark, dark green. They aren't turning mm-hmm. yellow or anything like that. And they mm-hmm. put in kind of late because of the. Mm-hmm. So I should have put them in a little bit early, but just mm-hmm. didn't get the ground prepared earlier than, you know, I shouldn't like as early as I should have. But. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that happens to all of us. Uh, you know, small onion is just as edible as a big one. It's just your harvest is going to be, you know, it's not going to be as good as you want it. Yeah, I wanted storage onions for, yeah. for the winter. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh, afraid you're going to have to go to this farmer's market. I don't think that I don't think they'll grow a whole lot more from this point on. But you know, give them a good watering, uh, and I would even say uh, uh, put some um, uh, some uh, fish emulsion in that water when you water them. Use okay. a use a, a cup in a five gallon bucket, and I think it's either one to two tablespoons per gallon. So you put, you know, uh, 10 tablespoons in that five-gallon bucket and then right. use a cup and just water it on, put them right in the, the root zone. So if it is the, a lack of water, that will do the two, two things. One is it'll, um, it'll encourage them to grow, to stand up, and right. uh, it'll also give them a little nutrition to hopefully to, to fill out a little bit. Well, most of them are standing up. It's just a few that I went through and weeded them. Uh, and, uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, I, well, when you weed, right, you you want to, right after you weed, you want to go ahead and water because you've disturbed the roots. Right. And an onion is a fairly shallow-rooted um, beast, you know. It does not have real deep roots. I mean, that that's versus, you know, with uh, garlic. Garlic is, uh, it's two inches down in the soil anyway, and so the roots are pretty well buried down in the soil. But... A lot of times, and, and this is, you know, and I know this from experience, you know, with the asparagus and the rhubarb and things like uh, onions and garlic, and you, you don't really think you need to water them so much, but they do need to be watered just like everything else. And if you can give them a boost with a little fish emulsion, they'll be very grateful. Yeah, I've got some of that. Yeah. Um, the garlic can be picked now? 
I did. Uh, I did my first uh, bed, sixty-four bulbs, um, and then I've got a couple more to do. Um, they were definitely ready. What you yeah. want to do is uh, pull one of them. I did. Okay, and so the, it was divided into the. the yeah. Okay. I, so I'm actually eating it. So. It's, it's got <laughs> I'm making hummus today. <laughs> ah. Good. All right. So, so I should wash when I when I get ready to hang those up to let them dry. I should uh, rinse them off first, right? The roots. That's what I do. I actually trim the roots and I trim the top and I wash them good. Uh, if you got a vegetable brush, all the better. And then I put them on a, a wire rack or any any you know one of those uh, plastic uh, racks that you get your sets in. Anything like oh, yeah. that, I give oh, a little sure. air flow those. through. Yeah, that that'll let the air flow through and they'll dry out and cure. You don't want to leave uh, garlic in the sun. You want them in a shaded spot. You want to put it in a shade and do that. Yeah, but they don't need to be hot. It doesn't. You know, you wouldn't want to put them like in an attic or something. No, no, no. Okay. All right. All right, then. Thank you very much. Yeah, take care, Norm. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. Okay, thank you very much, Norm. And right now we've got Gene in Morrisville for you. Hey, Gene. What's going on in Morrisville? Well, it's really hot here. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. Yeah, right. I got a couple tomato questions. Okay. Um, I have container boxes Uh that I plant tomatoes in. Sure. And they have a water reservoir at yep. the bottom. About four gallons, right? Yeah. So it gets watered every day, and it, takes, mm-hmm. it probably takes a gallon and a half. It seems like it takes a gallon and a half anyway every day I water it. wouldn't surprise me a bit, yeah. My question is, some of the leaves on the bottom of the plants are mm-hmm. turning yellow, mm-hmm. and some of the leaves, well, a lot of the leaves all the way up through the plant are starting to cup. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't, I can't figure out why that would be. Okay, uh, one thing at a time. One thing to remember is that uh, that it, uh, you do need to, to fertilize those containers, even though they're in a container. Yes, and I know you that. probably put compost in there and all the rest, but you want to go ahead and give them something. Again, a fish emulsion or even the ProGrow, you know, scatter it out. Uh, sometimes you, I don't know if you use a, like a plastic mulch or a mulch on top of the soil. So what you can do is put some of the uh, fish emulsion right in that uh, co- the the container at the bottom, you know, your reservoir at the bottom. Right. And that'll help bring them up. Now, the yellow leaves, the, the fact is, is that the tomato is actually telling you, I don't need these leaves anymore. The tomato only really relies on the top four leaf sets at the, at the top of the plant. Okay. okay, so once you set fruit, okay, you, once you see the flowers, right, you cut up all the leaves up to that flower, okay, and then when it grows up and it, it sets another uh, um, leaf of flowers, another stem of flowers, right, you cut all those up, you know, so your your the bottoms of your tomato plant looks sort of like one little green stalk. And uh, uh, I, it's kind of fun to have them look all big and bushy, but it's really not the best thing for the plant or the tomato. You want the tomato plant to get the signal that you, that you want it to put all of its energy into the fruit. 
and the tomato will naturally seal off. Uh, it makes like a callus right at the end of the stem and seals off any moisture or nutrients going out to those uh, branches at the, at the lower part of the stem. So it's actually it's signaling to you that I don't need these anymore. So I cut them off, and I do it actually every week. I go out there. They usually grow a good 10, 15 inches every week. Um, um, and, and go ahead, and as you tie them up, if they're not uh, uh, bush tomatoes, if they're the indeterminate vine tomatoes, I tie them up, I trim them down, and I sucker them. I take all the suckers out. And that way, it also works for good air circulation, particularly as we get into August, and then we start to see, um, we'll start to see if we're going to get the late blight again. Good circulation around those tomatoes, um, and also good healthy leaves is your best defense, you know. And then when it finally does come in, then you have to spray for them. But, um, yeah, you just get in there with your, uh, you know, with a pair of scissors or a knife, or you can either, if you carefully, you can break them up. If you sort of twist the, the stem up a little bit and then down, you'll see it comes right off in your hand. Right. I've and, done that. And then, and then make sure you trim off all the suckers in the, in the crotch of the leaf with the stem. Yes. Okay. Good. All right. Give now, that a try and then let me know of how that works, Gene. Okay. I didn't really understand yet why the cupping of the leaves. I'm not sure why the cupping either. I, I'm guessing that it's looking for nutrition it's not getting. And uh, if you're, because if it's just water um, in that, in the reservoir, it may not be getting the nutrition it's looking for. I see. That would be my guess. What are you using for a fertilizer? Actually, it's a tomato grow. Uh-huh. I bought this uh, container box at Gardenway. Yep. Uh, it came with soil. Yep. And fertilizer. Sure. And a cage to go around the container, so yep. you you don't really have to stake them. They can just let them go up. Yeah, that's great. And actually, I've used the same soil mm-hmm. every year, and I've yeah. had probably go it. I've had it going now for probably five or six years. Mm-hmm. And all I do, it says, you know, to put in. Uh, so much of the tomato grow mm-hmm. uh, each year, yep. and I do that. Um, you know, so I certainly have got a lot of uh, plant. You know, it, mm-hmm. I, uh, I don't think it's lacking fertilizer for plant, but maybe it isn't the right kind of fertilizer. Well, there's that. Uh, if when you when you open up the leaf, do you notice that there's any kind of a bug in there or a, a web or anything like that? No, no. I mean, they don't cup all the way together. They just, oh, they, they, you know. They're just turning uh, up a little bit. Started to cup. Okay. It could be just a reaction to the heat, too. Um, but other than that, I'm not sure. Those are the those are the things that I think it could be. Right, right. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I'm going to write that down, cupping leaves, and see if I can figure out if there's anything else there. Okay. Appreciate that. Sure, yeah. All right. Okay. Well, Gene, thank- thanks again for the call. Appreciate it. Peter, we've got Forbes on the line from Corinth. Hey, Forbes. Hi. How are you? Good. Listen, um, with the um, rise of uh, microbreweries in mm-hmm. Vermont, and also now uh, looking at uh, hemp, and CB oil. Yep. 
what are your thoughts on, you know, people with good spare area and what's going to be the demand for these new crops? Well, that's a great question, Forbes. <laughs> um, it's interesting. Uh, they were selling um, uh, hemp plants uh, actually at the Cape uh, Farmers uh, at the their spring sale. And uh, there's certainly going to be a lot more gardeners just giving it a try, you know. Um, and uh, I have a couple of neighbors. Uh, matter of fact, if you go up uh, in Montpelier, there's a couple of far, uh, gardens, you know, just home gardens where they're growing uh, hops. You can tell they've got the great big, long, tall strings, and they're up probably 15, 20 feet. Um, yeah, why not? Uh, there's probably, a, I, from what I understand, there is a market for the homegrown um, hops, if you're so inclined to to uh, um, to grow them. It's, uh, it's a bit of a challenge to do that, um, but uh, have you tried to grow in the hops at all? No, I haven't. I've just kind of, I have friends that uh, are, are brewers. Yeah, yeah. And of course they have to buy most all of their material mm. um, from overseas. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I understand that. I was just looking at uh, uh, the potential of, of Vermont with uh, its good soil and climatic aspects of you know, Forbes, it, it, Vermont used to be one of the leading <laughs> states in the growing of hops. But we're talking many generations ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. Well, it's uh, an area probably to watch, but it is, is growing, and I don't think we're going to have any choice other than to get on board somehow. It sounds like fun. Uh, you'll notice that there's a lot more little vineyards around. Um, yeah. Uh, actually, if you go up uh, Berlin, uh, right near the airport, there's a, a very good size uh, hop farm right, right up there. And I was so surprised that uh, um, I was at the doctor's office and the, uh, the doctor said that she and her husband were clearing uh, uh, clearing land to to grow hops as a you know sort of as a hobby farm, and her her mother and father in law were helping her, and I just thought <laughs> I I don't know why it just occurred to me as as funny you know that that uh, they'd be growing hops as a as a hobby farm, but I, there's they she said that they had put in like four thousand plants. Ooh. Uh, so it, it it was a farm. You may call it a hobby farm, but boy, that that's a good sized farm. Right. Um, last time I talked with Johannes uh, yeah. uh, von Trapp, he uh, was uh, really looking hard at creating uh, or getting mm -hmm. uh, organic uh, mm -hmm. uh, material. He really wanted to kind of yeah. move into creating it, organic yeah. Well, um, the CB um, mark, C, uh, CBD market has really exploded in Vermont, and and uh, I know that there's a, a lot of farmers are are doing that as a um, a cash crop, sort of like maple syrup. It's a seasonal thing, you know. I don't think that you're you, you're gonna make your living on on growing that thing, but maybe you can. I I'd be kind of curious if anybody's out there is is growing hops and making a living at it. I should be curious as to uh, how much you need to grow. And I I'm also curious how much you need to grow to make a you know five, ten, fifteen gallons of uh, of beer. Not I don't drink, and my kids uh, have said, uh, "Dad, why don't you grow uh, hops?" And I said, "Well, why don't you grow them? You're the ones who drink beer, not me." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True 
true enough, but it, it sounds like a good avenue to, uh, instead of having um, good lands go foul. Absolutely. I'm, I'm 100% for that. Any, any good use we can, I, and I, I have to say, it's always been a pastime of me since I was a kid thinking as I'm driving down the interstate, look at all that usable land. We should be doing something, you know. Right. <laughs> we should be planting nut trees or something. That <laughs> okay. But uh, I'm, I'm all with you. I'm with you. So, uh, for you're growing the blueberries, right? Right. Yeah. So, have you checked your traps? Are, are you are you seeing in the uh, spotted wing uh, Drosophila? Drosophila? Uh, actually, no, because this extreme hot weather. Yeah. Uh, it kills ticks too. Oh yeah. It dehydrates them. Oh. And it, it, it's the best thing in the world. Uh, a prolonged period of uh, real yeah. hot weather uh, really wipes them out. Yeah. But also, it, it affects the Drosophila. Uh, uh, oh, good. Uh, well, see there. <laughs> yeah, I'm watching it uh, every day, and of course. Uh, well, it's interesting because uh, as I'm, I'm trying to educate myself about that, the traps are not uh, as a prevention, as a way to, to kill them. It's a, only a way to see if you're getting them. Monitoring. You're just monitoring. And, and uh, besides the, what do they call it, the malathion or something, some chemical, the only one that's recommended is the uh, uh, spinosad. Right. So, Captain Jack's. Yep, Captain Jack's. So. The um, the real thing is that they um, adore uh, darkness. They really need darkness. So uh-huh. uh, you've got a lot of suckers and a lot of growth uh, into your blueberries. It's, if it's too thick and the sun doesn't get down into them, mm-hmm. that's where they really uh, really go. Mm. Huh. Interesting. You can do the sucker pruning uh, right now. If you won't bother the plant. Anything oh. that doesn't really have a, a blueberry on it to... Just as a sucker growth, you can take them out. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So uh, that really helps with the sunlight in there, and, and that that bothers them terribly. So that's those suckers are not next year's crop. Well, you it depends on where they are. Yeah. You know, some I've seen blueberry bushes that are, are just a bush. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And not really productive because the sunlight for photosynthesis can't get into any of the lower limbs. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So you kind of kind of make windows. What I, I, when I was reading, anyways, to make sure there were like five to seven canes, you know, right. stems coming up. Does that sound about right? Yeah, because they're shallow rooted mm-hmm. and they're hair roots. They don't have a tap root or anything mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. So they can only get so much to feed the top. Mm-hmm. So if you uh, limit the top, you're going to have better growth than the existing. Okay. All right. All right. Oh, cool. There you go. Well, thanks for the help, and I and I like your idea. Let me know how that goes if you decide to grow some. Yeah, that's that's quite interesting. Yeah, which one would you do? Would you do the the hemp or the or the? Uh, well, hops. the CB uh, really looks interesting because there are more people with aches, pains, and various <laughs> other things than there are being beer drinkers. Uh, Long term, so. Are you sure about that? Well, <laughs> that, that's a good one. Uh, um, I see the biggest thing is the processing. Uh, yeah. I, I think we'll probably have a lot of growers, but we won't have processing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's going to create a, a, a nightmare unless yeah. somebody just specializes in processing. So yeah, it's sort of like the meat market. Yeah, it's hard to find uh, people to come in. Right. Right. It's pretty 
pretty well regulated yep. as far as uh, you know what. Uh, of course, hemp. What is hemp? And uh, <laughs> if you let it go too far, you wind up with uh, uh, some real problems. That's right. Uh, put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> oh, oh, well, Forbes. On that note. <laughs> All right. Have a good day. Take care. Okay. Thanks for the call. Yeah, very, very good call. So thank, thank you, thank you, Forbes. I, I, have, I have two thoughts. First of all, yeah. you know they pulled up all those plants of the uh, at the state house, the, the marijuana plant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I mean, yeah. I'm sure there's more than one person yeah. who would uh, hope that some of our legislators would mellow out and <laughs> stop passing these laws that uh, cost us so much money. Oh. But that's a, that's an editorial thing. And uh, car registration where they take pictures. Oh, come on, guys. Yeah. But at any rate, uh, the other thing, he mentioned uh, Johannes von yes. Trapp, yeah. who, of course, makes that uh, wonderful von Trapp. Trump, uh, Hellas Lager, which uh, I just love so much, coming out of a half-German family. Uh-huh. Oh, boy, uh, you know, German good, and Austrian huh? beard. It's simply yeah. out of this world. But I still wonder what his mom, you know, Maria the Baroness, <laughs> yes. what she would think these days at her her esteemed tree, uh, uh, you know, tea house, her tea house, you know, Maria von Trapp's tea house up there at the lodge is now a brewery, but uh, she probably would like it. I would bet. I'd <laughs> you know, be willing for, to for bet that good Hellas lager. Yeah. At any rate, our yeah. telephone lines are, are, are open, 244-1777, or toll-free, 291-8255. And we have a caller on the line, your first name in town. Hello. Oh, it's it's Doug from Plainfield. Hi, Doug. You're on with Peter. Yeah, I I don't know if you ever even heard of this plant, but somebody gave me a root to yeah. a Jerusalem artichoke. Oh yeah, uh-huh. yeah. uh huh. Yep. Some people call them sunchokes. Yeah, this, I was told that they actually look more like a sunflower than they are an actual artichoke. Uh, oh, absolutely, the artichoke. The the Jerusalem is actually sort of a uh, a mispronunciation of a of a time, of a word uh, girasol is what it was originally called girasol. Anyway, um, the Jerusalem artichoke is not an artichoke at all. It's more like a potato or a fingerling. And um, so, just a word of warning, right? It's very productive, and it also can become a weed. Okay, so you you need to treat it, uh, make sure that you have a designated area for it. Okay, okay. It, it's, it's, that's, why I, that's why I called. Yeah, okay. Um, because I have it in our garden right now. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you may have it in all of your garden very soon. No, 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 no. <laughs> when's the best, because I actually do have a, a place for it. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Um, I just want to know when the best time to move it would be. Well, the best time to move it is. Uh, do you have you pulled up any of them? Uh, do you have tubers? No, I, I just barely planted the the root. Oh, okay. Like maybe a month ago. Yeah. Okay. So you're you're all right. It's going to be a while. You're. It's not actually the roots won't develop until you see a flower or two. The stalk should get about four, sometimes even taller than that, four feet tall, and it will have a little flower that looks a bit like a sunflower. Apparently, it's in that family, and um, it has a nice little flower. But it's a nice. It has a tuber that, like I said, are you familiar with fingerling potatoes? 
Um, fingerling kind of, they're, they're, they're kind of small and yeah, kind of small. They're they're probably and, and they're about a finger length. Yes. Okay. I I do, I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. So there, you will expect to get uh, a fingerling size uh, tuber at the bottom of them. And, uh, you know, you make sure that you pull them every fall and you can actually plant them, replant them again in the fall. They will, they will, uh, winter over under, underneath the ground. If you put them down a good two inches. Should I put, could I put straw or something over it? Um, if you're wintering over, yeah, right. Okay. Um, yeah. Kind of like garlic. Yeah. So just like garlic. Yeah. Okay. Very much like that. And, uh, um, so that, of course, there are tubers in the ground. I've never had any any uh, chipmunk or, or mouse damage on my garlic, but um, when I left my carrots and my um, beets in the ground, um, they they feasted on those uh, during the winter. So I they kind of left me out in the cold. So you know that's just one <laughs> caution that uh, you know if you have a big problems with those rodents and you 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 may want to keep your eye on them. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I we got our garden started early because we have really wet areas. Yeah. So um, I, yeah, my beets are barely starting to come up. I noticed. Yeah, that's okay. I, I heard what you said earlier. You've yeah. already harvested beets. <laughs> well, but I've also I just finished planting some beets too. I mean, oh, okay. Uh, there, so, there's, so you know, you, you the, the garden isn't just a one-time planting. Okay. And, and you, okay. if if you listen long enough, you'll hear me say it over and over and over again. Keep no, planting. no, no. Plant, I, plant, I, plant. I, 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 <laughs> this is like my second year of actually. Oh, fantastic! So, um, of, of gardening. Yeah. I, I, I used to grow. Other things. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can teach me. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, well, if you ever need advice, you can call me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I I am so ignorant that I did not know that um, you grow a pot plant for the buds. Um, I always thought yeah. you, you just dried the leaves, and and that was what uh, that's what, <laughs> what people used. <laughs> and I was sort of like, well, no, you got to wait till you get the buds. You know, it's like, oh, well, you you were talking about the tomato plants earlier. The tomatoes, yes. I, I was like, I seriously thought you were actually talking about weed plants because <laughs> I, I I used to trim everything. <laughs> And left no scrabble or nothing. Really? Oh. Yeah. Uh, Just like the tomato. I cut off all the lower leaves Uh. and all the lower buds and everything and just let everything concentrate at the top. Well, I'll be darned. I'm going to have to go home and do that then. (laughs) (laughs) It seems like everybody and their grandmother's growing weed now. Yeah, well, I you know if they're anything like me, they don't know anything. I don't I don't smoke, you know, uh, myself, and uh, me it's just sort of a curiosity because uh, we've had a few people call and call them Mexican tomatoes and you know whatever. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so I I'm on that learning curve where I don't really don't know a darn thing. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not that that hard to learn. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I I mean, granted, I I have a really good friend yeah. who owns Peak Hydroponics. Yeah. Um, and he he taught me how to do it. Huh. Let's see, that's what I. Yeah, my my uh, 
my boss actually has been growing some in his his greenhouse, and he's got these trees. You would call them, you know. But uh, I <laughs> I just sort of say, hey, uh, how do you do this? Uh, and he was the one who said, well, dummy, it's the it's it's not the leaves you're growing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, I I did look up and and uh, we were talking about the curly uh, tomato leaves earlier on, and uh, it 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 is warm weather related. The the call they it's just called a leaf roll, and it's a natural response uh, of the tomato plant to the hot weather. So if um, was that uh, Gene, right? Wasn't it Gene who called? I, I, I think it was him. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yeah, so uh, that just uh, something you were saying reminded me that uh, it's, it's kind of funny because the guy called about hemp and yeah. like um, hops. Yeah, um, I don't know anything about. Oh, it's kind of related to what I used to do. Uh huh. But the hops things, I've had friends do it. Yep. Because they owned a Bruce like. Uh, a home brewing store. Oh, sure. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And that was local potion. Mm, 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 mm. And, the, well, now the guy runs Bar Hill or Caledonia Spirit. But, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. That new place in, <laughs> in Montpelier, right? Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, he, he built, he put up a pole yeah. and a bunch of strings yep. and tried to grow hops yep. for his store. Yeah, sure. And he actually used to sell the roots, too. Hop roots? Yeah. <laughs> okay. It, it was almost kind of like the root that I got from, except for way smaller. Oh, for heaven's sakes. Yeah. Well, uh, there you go, right? Uh, there's There are so many opportunities in agriculture, and uh, it's great to see it blossom in Vermont again. That's, that's a, yeah. it's a and, wonderful I mean, thing. Yeah. You 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 know what something else is rare to find? Yeah, it's a grape farmer. Yeah. Okay. Because people make wine. Yeah. Sure. Yep. And you don't find that many vineyards around here. Yeah. Well, some people like me actually like to eat the grapes. <laughs> well, I, I, I love grapes too. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> oh dear! I, I went and visited a friend, and I ended up eating all their all their grapes. Oh boy! Grapes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it was. Oh my lord! Yeah. Well, uh, Doug, you be careful with those artichokes. Make sure they don't get into the rest of your garden and, and put them in a place where they're they're segregated, you know, where you can hey, keep do, track do, of them. Do, do they like a... Can they deal with a fair amount of water? Um, you know? It, I, actually, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. I'm going to... I'm not sure that, uh, that um, the Gardener's Bible has anything about artichokes. I'll have to double check oh. that. I'll figure it out because I actually have a second place to put them, but I just don't want to pollute the garden. I'm, I'm well, 47 and I'm gardening with a 67 year old yeah. that's done all the work. Well, the thing that uh, I have recommended is is my garden basics, and that's the permanent bed, permanent pathways, perfect soil, and. Um, uh, I would highly recommend using uh, the uh, a bed, a permanent bed, mm-hmm. and I use uh, a two by six uh, just stud 
nailed together or screwed together. I make them all four foot by four foot, and all of my pathways are two foot. And that way, it it, uh, it helps to segregate things like your Jerusalem artichokes, and you can keep okay. it out of the rest of the garden, even though it's in the garden, quote, you know, so well, to speak. Uh, well, we have like two acres of land. Yeah. So uh, I can go put it off in this field and your spot out there and let it grow out there. Yeah. Well, my, um, and, and I know that, that there is that, that temptation is just sort of segregated but, uh, by putting it way out there. But the disadvantage of that is it's way out there. It's hard to get the water there. It's hard to go out. and. No, 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 no. Trust me. I don't have to worry about water. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see. I, I do not have to worry about water yeah. whatsoever. Well, in in my when I set up a bed, right, a four by four bed, I'll put yeah. in uh, uh, peat moss and vermiculite and compost. I I put the top six inches is that, and that vermiculite does a great job of of drying that soil out first thing in the spring because I've got a spot too right over by the wellhead that uh, that will have six inches standing water in in the early Ver- spring. Can I, vermiculite is. Perlite, correct? Uh, it's it's roughly the same thing. Very similar in the in the purpose okay. that they they just come from different materials. Perlite is from a volcanic rock, and and uh, vermiculite is uh, is uh, mica, and both of them are, are popped versions. More like they're they heat them up and make popcorn out of them out of stone. If you can believe that. Oh, I kind of think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's perlite and vermiculite <laughs> both. You know, and I. I use both of them in my garden, you know, for just for that purpose is to to sponge up the water that's excess. That means that in the spring, when things are wet, too wet to turn the soil or to plow or to do anything, you can plant in those permanent beds because they have that vermiculite and perlite in there to soak up the extra water. It's a it's a real advantage. I I thought it was for better drainage. Uh, no. Well, only in that it soaks up the water. In a garden bed, it's it's made to to um, uh, to soak up the water. Oh, really? Yeah. I yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. Oh, I just got educated. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's the perfect soil part of that formula. <laughs> nice. Well, Doug, good talking to you, and thank you. And let me know yeah, how your Jerusalem artichokes. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Thank you very much. Thank you for your call, Doug. And uh, we have uh, Nola on oh. the line. Oh, well, good, good. Uh, I was uh, just going to say, I, I, I want to make sure we don't f- forget to mention that we got a very nice letter from Nola and some great pictures. Thank you, Nola. That was great. Well, we'll see if that's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just a little blip about Jerusalem artichokes. I uh-huh. do have um, Ed Smith's book. And you know, at the back of the book, he gives you all the different vegetables, and he says for each vegetable, uh-huh. good companions, yeah. bad companions. <laughs> okay, Jerusalem artichoke, good companions, oh, yeah. don't grow with other crops. <laughs> bad companions, don't grow with, with other, other crops. <laughs> so I think this would be a segregated vegetable, and we were given some many years ago, and uh-huh. they just took off. 
you know, it's like, you, get out of my way, get out you, of my way. And you still have them. Oh, there we, we go. There was It was right before, uh, oh, but that's in, that's artichokes. That's not Jerusalem artichokes. Right. It's in the back of the book, actually. I, I guess he has a section on herbs and spices. Uh, and okay. it's right I'll next. I'll have to look it up, yep. Yeah, it's right next to horseradish, which has the oh. same thing. Don't go with other crops. So um, just for those that are excited about that kind of a crop, I'd mm-hmm. say be, be cautious because they are very aggressive. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, and I was weeding uh, today, which was a, was a very good morning to weed because the uh, soil was dry and uh, and it's easy to pull the roots up and get all the root and just easily shake off any of the dirt or bark that happens to be there. And I, I was musing over how many of our weeds are actually, uh, you know, people in permaculture consider a crop. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, when I was pulling up uh, purslane, which is if if you go to the uh, the market, some people actually sell that as as sets in the spring, and uh, it's considered a weed. But uh, it actually tastes pretty good. I, I you know, it's if you've ever tried it. But well, I'll, I'll give this to you about purslane. Yep. that if your way. I would like it, to hear it. it on the farm back my grandfather's farm in yep. New Jersey. Yeah. Every summer, tomatoes, which they called Benedotta, coming mm-hmm. in full blast. Cucumbers, full blast. Purslane, which they called Betle, full blast. And so my grandmother would say to my grandfather, Louis. Bring it in. And she'd make a salad called fetouche. Middle Eastern salad. It is a high summer salad. Really good ripe tomatoes, great cucumbers, lots of purslane or betle, um, vinegar, olive oil, and then the topping. She would take, there never was any, but theoretically stale pita bread Uh or toasted pita bread, Uh throw it in, Uh and now people are thinking, oh, yeah. Just let it soak up a little of that yeah, juice. No, absolutely. Oh, absolutely amazing salad. Yeah. Um, yeah it's like so, a crouton salad. Uh, it's one of my favorites. Lots yeah. of croutons. So ah. there's, everybody has a purpose. You know, you just have to mm-hmm. keep things under control. So I'm, it's not just a mirage on my part. The the purslane is, is pretty good then. Yeah, and apparently it's very good for you. Mm. But yeah, you put yeah. it with those other guys in it. Yeah. It, okay. Yeah. All right, good. That's enough. I'll I've got save the, the tomatoes Robert and cubes. for next week, and I'll wish you all to stay cool. And Again, thank you for the pictures. I appreciate it, and a very nice note. Okay, well, I hope you'll you. get yeah. back in touch with me about my idea. Okay. But we shouldn't do that on the radio, because <laughs> people are going to be thinking, what are they talking about? <laughs> well, and I love the Scooby-Doo stamp. I have a, I have a raft of them myself. <laughs> Those are good <laughs> I send them stamps. Off to, send You're going to spend 50 friends. cents on a stamp. It might as well be a, you know? Might as well be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Stay in touch. Take care. All right, Nola. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Okay, well, on that other radio program I do, uh, it's about the guy that wrote the Scooby-Doo theme oh, song. Oh, is that right? Okay. But, but first... Everything nice like sugar and spices. Uh, Nola. Okay, we just had to do that. <laughs> we do have lines open, yep. and um, we yep. have about five, six more minutes of the regularly right. scheduled program. Well, that's great. Well, and until somebody calls, um, I'm going to go back to weeding, right? And uh, just a reminder: this, uh, of course, this hot weather. I know it's not it's not nice to be out in the heat, but if you go out in the morning and the evening, when it's dry like this, it's a great time to get out there and do whatever weeding you have to do. 
the only the, for some reason this year has been the uh, the year of the uh, sourgrass. You know, the little almost looks like clover with little yellow flowers, and if you if you taste it, it has a a lemon flavor to it. Um, it it actually is considered an edible uh, herb for the salad, uh, uh, but my wife said no, um, we're not going to do that. Um, but it's been plentiful this year, and fortunately, it uh, it does quite well. Uh, uh, it's very easy to to weed, so I've been doing that. I have <laughs> I have not mowed my front lawn for a, a couple of weeks now, <laughs> and I, there actually is a reason. I, it's, this is interesting. A, a bunch of years back, I bought a, a whole ton of uh, wildflower oh, seeds yeah. from the uh, oh, yeah. Ferrisburg Wildflower Farm. The farm itself is no longer in existence, and but they do have their website and mail order business, so still available uh, through that way. But at any rate. Uh, you know, I spent a lot of money and uh, did a lot of work and then mm-hmm. threw them in and a couple of wonderful years. Then I got lazy, you know, decided to concentrate on the vegetables. But I always get a kick out of, like, you know, the other parts of my lawn and backyard where pretty flowers just appear without any work. And anyway, mm-hmm. in my front yard, I noticed a few blue flowers, so I kind of mowed around them. And by the time it came time for the next mowing, there were tons of blue flowers, chicory, you know, and they're the tall weeds with yep. those blue flowers. Yep. I said, damn, those things are pretty. Yeah. While my neighbor across the street, she had noticed uh, the first time clover growing in her yep. front lawn, and now her whole front lawn yep. is, is clover. Uh, well, I guess my question is, any is there any use for chicory? Other oh, yeah. Than just do- chicory, actually, they use it in coffee substitute, uh-huh. but it's also... Um, uh, that's the same chicory that the New Orleans folks put in their coffee. It they, is the same. Boy, yeah. it gives you a good kick in the head. I like that. I lo- you know, <laughs> well, that's sort of like dandelion and chicory. Sometimes yeah. they do a blend of the of the two of Isn't them. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I, <laughs> I worked with a um, uh, a stone cutter in uh, in Barry. Uh-huh. Um, uh, Giuliano, and uh, he was quite. He was actually from Italy, uh-huh. and he kept rabbits. And you would see him along the roadside in Barrie harvesting the chicory for his rabbits. Isn't that something? <laughs> it, was, it was sort of like a hay for them. He, he fed them those, uh, the chicory, uh, while, you know, the greens and the, while the blue flowers and all the rest. Well, I, I might get corrected on this. I yeah. might even get fired, but I, that, that never stopped me. Um, is that uh, you have to? There's a story about Waterbury's rabbits, specifically Blush Hills rabbits. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Uh, now the, here's the story as it was told to me, and Ken will be either uh, happy to correct me or mm-hmm. chastise me. Mm-hmm. But at any rate, uh, and uh, caller, hang on because we'll get you in a second. Um, Apparently, the uh, the the uh, gentleman that we refer to as the old squire, Lloyd Squire, Ken's yep. dad, yep. at one point was raising rabbits, and um, they all got loose. <laughs> and then in the years that followed, there was a plethora of wild hybrid rabbits oh, for that sakes. you could tell these are not the regular gray rabbits we see because they were, you know, different markings or sizes or whatnot. And apparently they were a little bigger too. And this strange, uh, you know, hybrid breed of rabbits were around for a while and I guess they eventually <laughs> reverted back to the more familiar wild rabbit. But anyway, though, they were water, water, waterberry rabbits infesting uh, Blush Hill. Now someone's going to correct me on that or whatever. But at any rate... Um, we name have a phone town? call, and uh, yep. your first name in town, please. This is Yvonne, uh, New Haven. Hello. 
Hello. Hey, uh, Welcome. How, how high up do I cut the leaves off the tomato plants? Below the, the where the tomatoes are growing or what? So uh, you always you cut up to where it's flowering. So, up to where it's flowering. Yep. So the first flower usually starts about 10 inches uh, up yeah. from the ground. Okay. And so you cut those, and then it'll grow another 10 or 8 uh-huh. or 10 inches, and it'll flower. So you cut all those below that. And okay. the fact that there's only the top four sets of leaves is all that the tomato plant needs for the photosynthesis. Oh, okay. All the ones down below. I, and I look sometimes and I see people have these great big bushy tomato plants and I'm oh, thinking, oh, that looks that's so, what lush, are right now. so lush and so beautiful. But what it's doing is putting all its energy into, into, into the, to, to the greens where you want yeah. that energy to be. And yeah. um, if they're bush tomatoes, you don't have to um, uh, – uh, cut out all all of the suckers, but I usually do, even so. Yeah. Uh-huh. And even my bush tomato plants, I tend to sucker and, and cut up. And those, again, the the airflow is, is a lot better. A lot better, yeah. Yeah, so you just yeah. keep cutting in, until you, you, know, you don't have any more uh, flowers. Okay. And it so- will look just like a big green stalk. Yeah, and, well, and and but it it will put all of its energy into those tomatoes is where you want. Well, it. I'm afraid when my husband gets home this afternoon and he sees his tomato plants, he'll probably commit a murder. <laughs> what you do to my tomato plant? Well, <laughs> because may, there was a may, lot of yellow ones. May, I should I over. should I give you my phone number? Is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you should. <laughs> well, you see, I finally also, figured out why why they talk about a green thumb because when you spend the the morning cutting those tomato plants, you. Yeah. Definitely yeah. have a green thumb at the end of it. You sure do. <laughs> we also had uh, have the big green tomato worms. Oh, yeah. uh, you mean the 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 horn tomato worms? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah. How come they don't make a spray to get rid of those? I mean, they well, can go to the moon, but they can't figure out how to get rid of them. Oh, they do have a spray. It's called napalm, but you know. <laughs> they do have a spray? No, no, no. He was no. joking. He was joking. He was talking about gasoline. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's it's a possibility, and I just don't know. I don't, I'm going to have to look it up, I, and and uh, because I usually just pick them. You know, they're so that's, big. That's what we've been doing. And you know, they're so big; Step it's on. easy to yeah. spot them, and and uh, it's so satisfying. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. But like any caterpillar, probably the spinosad or uh, or even I think the the BT. I think you could use on them, but I'm going to have to double check that. So you listen next week. And I'll let you know well, if there's something you could okay. spray, uh, okay. but in until then, boy, you you definitely want to watch that every boy, single I, day I, because one day's worth. It comes from the dirt. What do you think? Um, it, it there's a a fairly good sized moth. It's it runs from two to three inches, and it's a good okay. size moth, and uh-huh. uh, it lays its eggs. You yeah. Know, yeah. Uh-huh. And then once once it lays those eggs, that uh, that larva comes out and, and yeah. it starts munching. How about the uh, one like in the plant? In this this is a box plant planter yeah. we have. Yeah. A stalk of a tomato plant up straight with flowers on it. Get rid of that at this time of the year. 
Uh, if is it coming out of the the bottom of the stem? Is that it's like a oh. sucker and it has? No, no, it's coming out of the dirt from the bottom. So it's not. Oh. It's very very skinny. Yeah, no, I yeah, get rid yeah, of that. I huh? would, yeah, I would. It I know, I know, it's difficult to to, to cut those things sometimes, but well, it's it's not going to produce much. No, okay, okay then. I'll. Um, I mean, if you like the looks of it, and it's a little mm, like a pot. No, plant. I don't. I, <laughs> and I, I know he waters them, but he does not water uh-huh. one inch deep. I know he doesn't. He's yeah. one of those that. Yeah brought up with no water so he doesn't he uses yeah. it very sparingly yep. sparingly well i you know i usually water i have to tell you with oh. a five gallon bucket yeah. and, a, and a plastic cup you know a yogurt yeah. cup like yeah. yeah and i'll go ahead and put that water right at the base of every plant that's there yeah. and then when you have uh, and joel was mentioning about watering uh sometimes it seems like it's coming out too hard for the tender plants oh, yeah uh-huh. well the thing if you use a cup you can set yeah, the cup right, right yeah. near the ground and just yeah. lay just sort of lay it down and it flows underneath all those plants okay and then the other thing i i did with my green beans just uh uh last night Mm-hmm. The green beans are up, and this is in, well, it's two weeks. They're up, uh, this is my second crop, and they're up about mm-hmm. 10 inches. That's Ooh, in two wow. weeks. I mean, they really. Uh, and again, I was uh, I was trying to get into the water the soil, and what I found is if I put the, the nozzle at ground level and sprayed yeah. underneath yeah. the canopy of of yeah. Yeah. Uh, bean so leaves yeah. it it didn't bother the didn't bother the plants at all and i was oh. able to water yeah. all the way around and and yeah. uh, uh-huh. and water those real well okay all right Okay, say a prayer for me, so I'll be, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, do, maybe do one and break you. them in slowly, you know. Oh, I will. <laughs> okay. All right, okay. Thank you. Nice to talk to you. Thanks for the call. Yeah, they, thank you so much. I find it, I find still find it hard to pluck those leaves, but you got to do it. You know. Well, I mean, you don't have to do it. Well, the the, they, leaves, they will yellow and fall yeah, off right, all on their the own. Yellow leaves <laughs> scare me. I keep thinking blight. So blight, yeah. As far yeah. as I see any leaf. Yep. We got one, another caller on oh, the line. Yeah, Your first right. name in town, please. Yes, this is Pete from Barry. Hey, Pete. Uh, I uh, I've been growing garlic for about thirty-five years, yeah. and I've often told people there are two things that I would grow that seem to be trouble-free. <laughs> yeah, it seemed to be. Seemed uh, to be. Yeah, and that's garlic, that, right? It's one well, of them. blueberries and garlic. There you go. <laughs> anyway. Uh, and for the first time this year, when I when I harvested the garlic, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, uh, some of them the the uh, the bulb yeah. uh, at the very base had kind of a brown mm. uh, you know mold uh, mm. uh, mm-hmm. or soft area, mm-hmm. almost like they had gotten frozen yeah. or something. And and I've lo- I've gone on. Uh, I've gone on the internet, and yeah. and uh, they call it uh, end rot or something of that sort. Yeah. Uh, and my question is, uh, is if I cut that off the clove? Yeah. Is the clove good from there on? Sure. Yeah, it'd be fine to use. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it's not. It's not uh, certainly not poisonous, and it's certainly. Uh, it'll just cut the time that it's that'll store as well. Where do you? How do you store your your garlic? Well, I have kind of a cool, dark uh, area in mm-hmm. my cellar, mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, 
And what I do is I, I string them, I put them all on a string. Huh, okay. And, you know, I use it like a big, big needle and sure. and, and put this, because they're stiff neck or hard neck. Yeah, uh, right through uh, the neck then. You yeah, just, yeah. oh, what a great I, idea. I like that. It, it, well, it's, they, they, they do well for decoration, too. <laughs> you know, your Christmas tree, is, yeah. other than stringing popcorn. Uh, Only a gardener can see that as decoration. <laughs> well, and they have a nice aroma. <laughs> but anyway, uh, uh, so that's how I, I store them, and I try to make sure that they don't, they don't touch each other and mm-hmm. all that sort of mm-hmm. thing. And, and, but uh, as I say, this, this is the first time I've ever experienced that. Mm-hmm. Now, I tend to plant them every year in a different location in oh, my garden. Good. I was just going to ask you that. And, uh, uh, but my garden, my garden is uh, three feet wide and 20 feet long, two mm-hmm. beds mm-hmm. that are three feet wide and 20 feet Okay, long. yeah, yeah. So it might be just at the other end of the same bed. Is that? That should be fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and the... Uh, um, if you the the, the that uh, rot that you're talking about, yeah. did it say whether it was a um, a virus, bacteria kind of thing, that type of thing, or is it from a from a bug? Uh, no, it. Um, I think it. Well, I can't remember. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I came. I thought I came to the program with my guns loaded. But I guess not. <laughs> I'm firing blanks. Story of my life. It's okay, buddy. It's okay. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, yeah, it uh, uh, it didn't say it was due to wet conditions or anything like that. Which what I, I that's what I first thought because we had kind of a wet spring, but but uh, yeah. And and I can when I first take them out, uh, when I first took them out of the ground, I could take uh, how I clean my garlic. Okay. Is I is I start by peeling the leaves. Down okay. Because yeah. each each leaf goes around the whole the whole bulb. Yep. And so I get down. Now, if I continue to do that, most of, I shouldn't say most all these garlics that have been effective have red stripes in mm. them. It's funny you say that. I, I saw that on some of my garlic, too. I wasn't quite sure, but if I peeled them, they, they seem to... that The red stripes will go off with the leaf. Went off with the leaf, yeah. yeah. And, and so does, I've noticed, so does this rot. <laughs> I can, I, if I keep continuing, so I'm basically taking all the leaf off so I've got the exposed cloves. For the most part, <clears throat> for the most part, the the this uh, this stuff is gone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, that that's interesting. I'll have to watch for that. I didn't notice anything on mine, but uh, mm-hmm. um, I think uh, I think what do they call it? Basal rot or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of a gray. Mm-hmm. Great. As I say, uh, at first I thought, oh, well, they, they got frozen or something. It does kind of look like that, yeah. Yeah, and uh, but as long as the, the rest, because we use a lot of garlic, uh, and as long as the rest of the clove, I can cut that off, and the rest of the clove is uh, is usable, Yeah. 
Now, can I put them in, uh, uh, preserve them in oil or anything like that? Well, you, you can, but that still has to be refrigerated. Yeah, uh, oh yeah. I yeah. mean, it, the old timers used to keep them in their garage, and I've seen it because uh, I grew up with uh, um, a lot of folks who were Italian and who uh, who put their gar- their their garlic in, in olive oil. But yeah. um, today's recommendation, just simply because of botulism, uh, as they say, yeah. they keep it in the in the fridge. Um, well, the I, other thing you might consider is drying some of it um, and making powder. And uh, one of my thesis on on on, dry, on on preserving the harvest is that to to do a couple of different things rather than just one thing, mm-hmm. because uh, well, eventually I just this morning used up the last of last year's harvest. Have some of last year's harvest. That's great, but they're they're starting to get a little soft. And, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, and and this year, I actually tried something different. As I stored them in a in the drawer of the fridge, which I I had never done before. Right. I wanted to see if I could get beyond the February, where I usually uh, I usually most of my garlic turns to um, to you know to mush, you know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that seemed to work real well. Like I said, here it is August. I'm I'm harvesting, and so um, I I probably will do that again. Now, one last question mm-hmm. regarding the the ones from last year. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. They've gotten soft, and they're starting to sh- uh, sprout. Yep. Yep. What if I planted them? Um. Well, I. They don't I'm, have too much stored energy. I realize that because. That's that's that, and the, it's likely to go right to rot instead. I see. I I wouldn't do it myself. Okay. I'm, I'm just. I mean, what the heck? You could take a dozen of them and try it. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. I mean, there's no, there's no harm in that, okay. and, well, and that's how we yeah. learn things is to try something that seems really dumb, well, but it actually works pretty well. <laughs> well, well, I'm ca- I'm calling into you because I figured, hey, if, if that, anybody's tried it, you probably. Have. I, that, <laughs> well, I will, I'll have to confess. I have not tried that one. <laughs> but why would I have all this new garlic coming yeah. in? I got two, three beds with 64 each, you know. Yeah. And yeah. my wife was like, oh, you got a lot. Well, I said, you have to remember, you know, these big ones. I have this New York white that has these monster, mm-hmm. I mean, very nice big, four nice big bulbs. Yeah. That, but you have to remember you're going to lose one of every one uh, uh, from, you know, you're going to lose one for every bulb just to replant. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the 64 becomes 48. Yeah, right, right. Now, the, uh, 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 well, God, I, I had another question. Okay. And, and it, well, it's gone. It's okay. unfortunately. Right. It's, well. uh, but, uh, uh, oh, I, what I was going to say is I'm going to buy new new stock yeah. this year. I, I Usually I use some of my cloves. Yep. You know, and and replant yeah. them, mm-hmm. but because of this condition, yeah, I can see your res- hesitance to, yeah, uh, in case they they're I'm, I would be spreading mm-hmm. the disease. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good plan, and if you've got thirty five years out of it, they definitely don't owe you anything. Well, you know, you've you've <laughs> done pretty good <laughs> to keep them that long. Okay. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> okay, Pete, thanks for the call. You going to the Heritage Festival? I, you know, I, I've, I've <laughs> lived in Barrie most of my life, and I, uh, no. 
<laughs> that's a short answer. <laughs> uh, otherwise, I'm going to take up the rest of your time. Okay, buddy. <laughs> Thank Thanks. you very much. Yeah, yeah, bye now. Yeah, yeah, the Barry heritage is all around him. Isn't it? Yeah. Indeed. indeed. <laughs> well, we got a little overtime, which is great, but still time for your final thought. Well, words. Joel, thank you so much for, for <laughs> allowing me that. And, uh, um, you know, uh, there's a couple of things I've been trying to remember to mention was that, of course, all of these shows are on podcast and they're available right on the website. And I, I do forget to say that. And then there was one other thing that um, Steve Comier mentioned to to let everyone know that at the bottom of the In the Garden page, there's a spot there where you can actually send in, it would come in through email, a question. So if you read something in those or, or listen to something and you have a question on it, or if you didn't get a chance to call in and uh, you want to ask a question, you can put the question in that, uh, that spot down there and it will be emailed to them and then it would be passed on to us. Mm-hmm. So those are two of the, um, the website uh, notes that, that I, I said I would mention on. on so. Great. So. Okay. And we'll see everybody next week? Uh, no, I think next week oh. is the uh, Red uh, Sockies. Are going, it's their, they're, their, they're, they got rained out, and so now they're filling us in. With, that, is, is that right? That is correct. Oh, that is, so next Saturday, mm-hmm. we have Boston Red Sox at New York Yankees yeah. uh, for a doubleheader. That's right. Okay. That's it, August 3rd, right? That, yeah, that'll be August 3rd. So, okay. Yeah, at 12 noon, it'll be the pregame show for the first game, and then running all the way through, a little bit, little bit of ESPN sports analysis, and back to game two. So got to turn it over to the uh, Yeah, I wonder if Joe summer. would uh, let us you know, put a few questions <laughs> in there. <laughs> right. Yeah, how do, you, how do you get those beautiful green outfields? Well, the, I guess they, 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 don't they come from China these days out of a machine? Ex- ex- I don't think ex- so. Extruded plats, you know. <laughs> How many artificial fields are there in baseball anymore? That's another question. I don't think too many because yeah. they had so many problems with uh, those broke, artificial fields, or with people getting uh, rug burns and and uh, broken and, ankles and, even, and, yeah. and and bacteria infections. Okay. From... <laughs> As usual, I'm about thirty years behind. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the good thing about that is usually the trend comes back around. Yep. Th- <laughs> well, at any rate, uh, everything in everything in uh, in Peter's garden is is genuine and green, no plastic. <laughs> and we'll see you next week. Joel, thank you. In the garden. Inch by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a of fertile ground Inch by inch Row by row Someone bless these seeds I sow Someone warm them from below Till the rain comes tumbling down In the Garden with Peter Burke here on WDEV brought to you by our good folks at Menards Agway your family true value neighborhood yard garden and pet place on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville by Grow Compost of Vermont. On Route 2 in Moortown, growcompost.com. By the Willie's Store, your true value store in Greensboro near Caspian Lake. If they don't have it, you probably don't need it. 
My guys, Farm and Yard, they'll tell you how to grill those tomatoes. Four locations to serve you in Montpelier, Morrisville, Williston, and St. Albans. By Clausen's Florist, Greenhouse, and Perennial Farm, Main Street in Colchester. That's in my old neighborhood, and so I'm there a lot. Using those Mega Monday coupons, Clausen's.com is how you can get them. PR Lumber, locally milled lumber, family owned on Route 15 and Walk It. By your locally owned Montpelier Agway, do they have it all? Seeds and feeds and so much more right there on Route 2 in Montpelier. And what a wonderful place. V's Flowers and Garden Shop, Main Street in Waitsfield. We will see you not next week, but in two weeks at 1230 for In the Garden with Peter Burke. Inch, row by row.